0: From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio.
1: That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Radio Hour as we launch our 24th year on the air. And thank you to everyone who has helped us get here. And Bishop Wiegand, who founded the program. Bishop Soto, who has been so supportive uh, all of our great underwriters and uh, many many, many wonderful guests we've had, but especially you, the listeners who have helped us along the way much much appreciated and God bless everyone, <laughs> so appreciate everybody uh This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it and right now, we are glad to welcome in Mark Hartfield, who is the vice president of paradisus Day, uh producers of the widely popular that Man is You, it's a men's program, and Dan Johnson, uh, co-founder and creative director of 4PM Media. Mark, uh, welcome to the Bishop's Hour.
2: Bob, thank you very much. I'm excited to be on the show today and talk about mysteries of the rosary.
1: I hope I, I said Paradisis correctly.
2: You did really well. Paradise to say is not that easy to say. Uh, it does stand for the paradise of
1: God. Yes. It's a Latin phrase. Yeah, I kind of I kind of knew the D- DEI cuz my wife took Latin. <laughs> there you go. Good yeah. job. But uh appreciate it. The the rosary, wow. You know, it's been a, been a part of my life since I was a little kid. Um I guess I probably didn't realize until adulthood though the power of the rosary, they, 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 the 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 power you hold in your hand. Um, uh, there and there are times, sometimes when we can't find our rosary, or we're uh, somewhere and, and just didn't have a rosary with you, and you s- say a rosary on your, your uh, counting your fingers and toes.
2: Yeah, and John Paul, I received so much of the inspiration from John Paul II and his apostolic letter on the rosary. He's urging Christians, Catholics, to rediscover the power of the rosary. he specifically says, in light of Scripture. And what he means by that, I mean, when you look at the mysteries of the rosary, they outline the 20 key moments in the life of Christ. And so he says the rosary is Marian in nature, but at its heart it's a Christocentric prayer, meaning Christ is at the center. And then he goes on in this letter to describe different ways in which... We should be praying the rosary, and it's not just a repetitive prayer, um, but it's a contemplative prayer. So he says a sign of a meaningful and a fruitful rosary is a contemplation of Christ in association with the mystery at hand. What does that mean? (laughs) It means if you're praying the sorrowful mysteries, you know, the first sorrowful mystery, the agony in the garden, that we should be focused meditating on this agony in the garden through the eyes of Our Lady. So Our Lady helps us into contemplation. She knew Christ more profoundly, more intimately than anyone else. Um, she always had a contemplative gaze. So all throughout Scripture, it always says she um, she pondered these things in her heart. And so he says, when we pray the rosary, we learn at the school of Mary. Um, he goes on and says that Mary's life was a rosary. That's a really, it's a short sentence, but it's a profound <laughs> statement um, how can someone's life be a rosary? Well, it tells us what the rosary is. not a 15- or 20-minute prayer. It's, a, it's a, a life of contemplating our Lord, contemplating His mysteries. And the rosary serves as a method into that contemplation. It's not an end of itself. It's a, if it's, it's a beginning. It leads us into communion with God. And so what the series does is we, we go to the Holy Land. We take the viewer to all these spots. You know, I touch my rosary to all the spots where heaven, you know, kissed the earth and our Lord walks uh, and walked the road to Calvary. And we would do reflective uh, commentary. So there, there's talks, there's stories. We have guest speakers. We're not actually playing the rosary during the series, but we have an episode each on each of the Sorrowful Mysteries. Um, and so the viewer watches the 30-minute episode, and by the end of it, um, they should be deep in the- <laughs> deep into the contemplation of whatever mystery we're talking about, and the aspiration is that they'll never pray the rosary the same. Mm. Um, Just like someone who's been to the Holy Land says that, you know, they come back and they're like, I'm never the same, and the rosary becomes a living gospel for them. We're trying to help people do that, you know, from the comfort of their own living room. (laughs) Uh, You can watch this series in your house, uh, by yourself, with your family, with your spouse, or you can, you know, do it at a parish hall with a large, large or small group.
1: That's the goal of the series. Wow, very, very, very well put. Yeah, the the uh, um, you, you mentioned, you know, it's it's Marian in nature, the Rosary, the twenty mysteries, but uh, why <laughs> why is Mary? Uh, I mean, Mary is the mother of Christ, so it how could it not be anything about Mary? Is Almost by definition, Christ-centric. Mm.
2: she is. She is Christ-centric. You know, I was looking at the the, the Visitation, right? We're, we're getting ready to go do the Joyful Mysteries this coming May, and in her magnif- Magnificat, right, she says, "My soul magnifies the Lord." Right. So, just even looking at that statement, what does a magnifying glass do? Right. It it shines. You know, it, it zooms in on something and displays it. It yep. shows you the hidden features within it. It makes something, an actual magnifying glass, you know, the analogy falls a little short. It makes something bigger than it even is. You yeah, exactly. Can't do that with God. But um, when we look at the soul of Mary, her soul magnifies the Lord. And so she always leads us to Christ, right? Yep. She's always leading us to Him. And so, um, yeah, she's just a beautiful example and model um, and so, yeah, we, we enter into the school of man into the rosary. But the idea is, and I think if someone goes through this first series, which is the Sorrowful Mysteries, they're going to be like, Boy, you're talking about Jesus the whole time. I thought this was the rosary. And <laughs> yeah. we're going to say, yeah. Precisely. <laughs> we're talking well, about Jesus' mysteries. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I remember when, when, uh St. John Paul II came up with the Luminous Mysteries, the Mysteries of Light, whatever Mm -hmm. people want to refer to them as. And I was kind of, I guess I was kind of stunned, if you will. Um, uh, Like, I didn't know you could do that. Right. You know, it was like somebody hitting 900 home runs and breaking Henry Aaron's record. I'm going, I didn't know you could do that, you know. That's (laughs) right. I right. I, I, I mean, I grew up with the rosary i grew up with the 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 sorrowful mysteries and the and the the joyful mysteries and the glorious mysteries um and uh you know (laughs) there were other mysteries in my life but but those were the 15 mysteries and i i didn't it was kind of uh it was almost as sacred as scripture that there were 15 you know Right, and, and uh, then to see, even though it was the Pope who did it, you know, like I'm going, I guess he can do that. But I, I was, I was at first, I was stunned. I wasn't offended or anything, but I was stunned. I was like, oh, right, I didn't know you could have twenty. Will we I one know. day have twenty five?
2: And you know, you're missing. You know, before he did that, we go from Jesus being twelve to all of a sudden, you know, walking his passion.
1: Right, so it was, right.
2: It's nice. You know, he goes from being twelve to being in the agony of the garden. So he kind of bridged the gap with those Luminous Mysteries. He does something else in that letter that I didn't know you could do. And we talk about it in the first episode, and this isn't something Catholics have to do, but it's real nice. It's changed my life completely, and how I pray the rosary, and I've seen it totally renew the rosary for some folks. But he talks about in the same letter that he gave the Luminous Mysteries, he talks about the... Jesus, the name of Jesus being the center of gravity, or the hinge of the Hail Mary. What he means by that is, when you actually pray the Hail Mary, Jesus' name is the hinge which joins the Hail Mary to the Holy Mary.
0: Hmm.
1: Thy
2: womb, Jesus. And then he says, in certain customs in the Church, they add a short phrase. That's the part I didn't think you could do. <laughs> so, for example, if you're praying uh, the agony of the garden, you just pray, Thy womb, Jesus, in His agony.
1: Oh, wow. Your
2: mother is God. And so you pray that for all ten of the Hail Marys, and for the scourging, you could just pray Jesus scourged, and then Jesus crowned with thorns, Mm -hmm. Jesus carrying his cross, Jesus crucified. Um, And you could put whatever phrase you want in there, just really short. But Mm -hmm. what it does is it immediately uh, reminds you of the mystery at hand, and so almost everyone I've spoken to, including myself, has a little spiritual ADD, especially when praying the rosary. Sure. And this little simple practice that John Paul, um, he says it's a praiseworthy practice, especially in public prayer. And so it, it can it can allow us to do what the rosary is meant to be, right? Not just finishing 53 Marys as a checklist, but no, to put us in communion with the living God. So the aspiration of the rosary, the goal isn't to finish it as much as that's what we make the goal. Our goal is to encounter Christ, right? Thanks be to God when we finish the rosary. I try to do that every single day. But the goal is an encounter with Christ, right? And that's what he's saying we have to rediscover. Yeah, so and, the and, image and, of the hell, Mary is really he, quite beautiful.
1: He's right. I mean, and you're being very honest. Uh, <laughs> like so many of us have ADD when you're But it just, our minds wander. They wander. And they really wander. And I, I, I remember... Um, uh I will I will frequently pray the rosary. I, I'm about a half an hour from from where I do the show from home. And I will, will pray the rosary on the way in. Uh uh no no state has yet banned driving praying the rosary while driving. We've <laughs> we've God. wisely banned some other things that you shouldn't do while driving, but but that nobody's banned the rosary as long as you you know it should be like the phone should be hands free. You know That's you don't right. you don't want to endanger anybody else or yourself because you've got both hands on the rosary. But um, seriously, though, um, I, I I can remember you know you finish a decade and and you go, gee, I was. I was thinking about what I'm gonna have for dinner tonight what sure. what's yeah. you know, like what's the matter with me?
2: That's right, yeah, I tell people you know like it's almost um no one's gonna pray it perfectly, right, so we kind of have to embrace our humanity in that way, but not unlike baseball, right? If you're batting 400, you're going to be the greatest player of all time. If we can, if we do a mindless decade, you know, if, if there's a little trick to, instead of the mindless decade, man, what if four out of these 10 Hail Marys, I was really locked in. I really I, mean, I, r- I, just
1: r- I really like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, God can truly change your life. He can change the way we pray often it's not that we need to pray more for some of us we need to pray more but people who have a prayer life we need to learn how to pray well right to make our prayer fruitful right i i'm going to give you this time gosh help me enter in more deeply to the prayer um that's what we're that's what we're going for with this series and i think if we can do that uh truly we can we can change the world
1: Indeed, you know I, I love that analogy about hitting 400. Uh, um, I do uh, color commentary on college baseball telecasts, and uh, um, just the other day it was opening season for college baseball, and I made that very point. Uh, the guy came up in, in his first game of the year, but he had hit 356 the previous year, and I said I said, you know that sounds great, and he was he was a leading hitter on the team and i said but that means 65% of the time they got him out
2: yeah most likely he's going to get out right now That's yeah most likely two
1: <laughs> times out of three and, and you know it's just it's it's mind-boggling hmm. to, to think that so yeah so if 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 you if you hit the rosary at a 400 clip that's, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're better than any current baseball player. You have to go back to Ted Williams before anybody that, else did it. That's so, right. That's right. So,
2: so, yeah, so it's, it's contemplative, and so we have to relearn that, rediscover that. It's also a weapon. So whether we're contemplative or not, if we are offering the time, and you know, we're, we're encouraging people, never let a decade go by without an intention. Mm-hmm. And that's when the rosary really, you know, became daily for me. Uh, That for some reason, even though I loved Our Lady, consecrated my life to her multiple times, and on and on and on, going to Mass every day, for the longest time, the rosary never stuck, like as a daily prayer. Mm -hmm. And it finally changed for me when I started offering each decade for a very, very specific intention. And most of the time in the prayer life, like anything else in life, it's just getting started. Mm -hmm. So for me, I made the first decade... You know, I've got to pray for my wife every day by name, whatever she's going through, spiritual protection over her. You know, where's Adam when Eve is, you know, taking the forbidden fruit? He's right there doing nothing. So the idea was get in the game. If you're not praying for your spouse, who is? So now all of a sudden I'm like, I have to grab my rosary, right? I'm going to dedicate one uh, one decade for my wife, Katie. And then the second decade, my children. You know, I have four of them. So Maria, Claire, Lucy, Colby. And by the time I do that, I'm 40% done. <laughs> I'm, good, I'm, I'm most likely going to finish. I have intentions for the other three decades as well. But those first two uh, are so core to my calling as husband and father, my vocational calling, like, more than just providing physically for my family, it's spiritually, uh, you, you know, ushering in the grace they need for that day through the promised channel of the rosary, and so I can't think of a better way besides, you know, mass itself. Um, it's, it's the most perfect prayer. All the while we're learning about Jesus, <laughs> and He's transforming us. Yeah. And you know, we're we're just ushering in so much grace.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> the, the the rosary is it's so it's so special in my life. I remember, oh boy, thirty years or so ago. And uh, I, I, I was never a fallen away Catholic, but uh, I guess I could say less passionate, uh, maybe. Um, not sure yeah. what, what the best way to describe it. It wasn't like I said I'm not going to mass anymore. I don't believe any of this stuff, and it was not, nothing like that. But but I hadn't prayed the rosary probably since I was a kid with any any regularity, and it was it was, any, any it was, a, it was a Saturday. A lazy Saturday, and and I got a knock at the door, and it was the mayor of our small town, and not Catholic. And he had just come back from a trip to Europe, and as part of seeing the sights, went to the Vatican. It wasn't anything to do with being a pilgrimage or being a religious person or anything. And he said, hey, I saw the Pope, you know, and he's kind of joking me, you know. I mean, he's one of those kind of a jokester anyway, you know, and he says, I brought you a present and I said, oh, what would you you bring me? And he pulls out a rosary and he hands it to me. And I'm thinking this is the most unusual moment in my life. This mayor who who just it's just not part of his deal. He definitely wasn't Catholic or or I I won't say whatever, you know, people can speak for themselves. But he, he hands me this rosary. Almost like it was a gag gift, hmm. you know. But not in a mocking way. It, like he—he he was being friendly. I mean, he was being friendly. But he, like, I'm in Europe. I want to bring bring Bob this uh, a gift of some kind. Oh, how about this from from the Vatican? This would be a hmm. perfect little gift. Like, like I went to Rome and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. You know that kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. And he hands me this rosary and then, you know, we exchange pleasantries and I asked him about his trip and he hops in his car and gets on his way. And um I was a news newspaper columnist in the town, so that's how I knew him. And um anyway, so I thought, wow, I I'd be- I'd better do something with this rosary. I'd better maybe pray this rosary. Mm. And I went for a walk and we live we live in a town, but it's it's in a rural area where you get two minutes into your walk, you're out of town and you're in some of the most fertile fields in in on the in the world. And we outside of town with this big, huge irida- irrigation ditch, which is it's paved, you know, but it's a it's probably eight, ten feet deep and, and you know, when they're irrigating the crops, it's full of water that's flowing from, you know, the various dams we've built in California. And but it was it was summer, so it was it was dry. It had already you know, all the irrigation had taken place. It was dry. So it was this this big canal paved, you know, concrete but empty. And probably a perfect place for skateboarders. Yeah. And I'm walking on this 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 dirt path next to this this empty concrete ditch if you will and I come upon a bigger than life size image painted on this like like graffiti gets painted yep of our lady of guadalupe I knew you were
2: going
1: to say that for some reason and I <laughs> j- just Got chills everywhere, and I—I—I wow. um, I, I have that rosary in my hand, and I'm like, I call her Our Lady of the Ditch, you know, wow. and wow. I'm like, I—I I have never ever gotten over that story, ever.
2: Wow, praise God.
1: You know, and, and I thought, and, you yeah. know, as you say, someone says, oh, that's a great coincidence. And you go, yeah, with God, there are no coincidences.
2: Yeah, there's so many. As we've begun this project and started to speak with people, I mean, countless miracle stories. Yeah. Of, I mean, if we, we put one video out about a month ago called The Power of One Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. So if someone does a YouTube for the rosary series, The Power of One Hail Mary, uh, there's an incredible two-minute, um, miracle story, it almost has 150,000 views already. It's just wow. so good uh, and so beautiful. Just one Hail Mary and then, you know, our, our Lord shows up. Um, so we have, like you said earlier, to start the call a power in our hands, this power of this rosary. Um, so we want people to rediscover it as John Paul II asked us to. Um, we're excited about the project. It's at TheRosarySeries.com, and anybody can go um, partake of it.
1: And right now, it's the, it's the the agony in the garden, the scourging at the pillar, the crowning of thorns, the carrying of the cross to Calvary, and the crucifixion and death of our Lord Jesus
2: Christ. Right. The first series is done uh, on the Sorrowful Mysteries. The way it works, it's seven episodes. The first episode is an introduction on prayer and the rosary and the power of the rosary. The last episode's a conclusion, so the five in the middle. Uh, namely number two through six, walk through those five decades just as you just as you said. The full scope of the project will be to go back to the Holy Land uh, three more times, and we'll, we will film the joyful, the luminous, and the glorious. So by the time it's all said and done, we will have all the mysteries of the rosary, one episode each on all of them, um, and have walked through these 20 key moments in the life of Christ so the rosary that's what's so cool it's, it's a weapon right uh, it's also contemplative it's also catechetical in the rosary we meet jesus we walk through his life we walk through people through the gospels um so it's so beautiful in that way and even originally when it was given to st dominic our lady's first word do you, not, do you know the weapon the blessed trinity wants to use to reform the world and then he used it as a teaching we used it as a catechetical method to teach about Christ. So very, very beautiful. So much. It's so dense. It's so rich. Um, the hardest part is making the episodes thirty minutes. <laughs> um.
1: So you, you're quoted in, a, in, in the uh, kind of the the whatever the the, the sheet that uh, ex, ex, explanatory sheet that uh, uh, Carmel Communications put out, and you you say that that we think of the rosary or or prayer so many people in our faith think of prayer as a last resort we are trying to flip that orientation prayer should be our first response and there is an urgency to be in that contemplative and constant prayer right now in the world amen to that
2: amen yeah we we talked about that in the first episode that you know in our culture a Hail Mary is, a, you know, a last resort at the end of a football game. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, as I say, it's fine and good for a football. Um, and even in our prayer life, like, thanks be to God, we have a God who even answers those prayers. You know, he's attentive when we haven't prayed in 20, 30, 40 years. And our Lord, in his humility and really his love for us, gosh, I've heard countless rock-bottom stories where God even answers those prayers. But that's not our goal, right? Christ wants us to grow up into a mature spirituality, and that we turn to prayer as a first resort, right? And I just think we live in a time where we can all see the world kind of, so to speak, falling apart before our eyes, whatever phrase you want to use for it, hell in a handbasket. Um, and we, 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 like the Israelites, we like to complain. Uh, we murmur in the desert, and the Lord us these promises right If my people who you know will turn their face and turn to me and pray humble themselves and pray and repent i will hear from heaven and i will heal their land i believe that you know i I think the lord makes these promises and if we turn to him we repent and gosh isn't that what lent is all about um and pray that he will pour out his blessings and so the rosary
1: is one really sound way in which to do that. Yes, uh, amen. So, yeah, you, you know, you mentioned uh, you know the the Hail Mary, the last resort in uh, in uh, football. And yeah. <laughs> I, I, as a newspaper columnist, I I, I wrote about this. Uh, the University of California was playing Notre Dame this fall in football, and it did come down to the last play where Cal, as we call them, uh, had a chance to tie the game with, with, with a Hail Mary. Yep. And, and I, I, I remember commenting at the time that, uh, that there's one place that the Hail Mary will not work. And that's in the shadow of touchdown Jesus. <laughs> if you're playing Notre Dame, that's you know right. it's like. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's funny. It was, I said you you can try anything you want to, but don't try a hail mary when you're playing Notre Dame. <laughs> that's
2: hilarious. I just realized. Well, you can figure out. I'm a sports guy. I gave a baseball reference, a football reference, but
1: believe it or not, I'm actually a well, basketball player growing up. <laughs> yeah. So
2: I, I need a now
1: I need a basketball analogy. But no, that's funny. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, it's it's. It's interesting. I, I, you know, as a as sports writer, I want to go back and find out who. It must be common knowledge, but I don't know it. who first used that term "Hail Mary" in a football game. And I don't know if it was a sports writer or a commentator or a coach. Maybe afterwards said, "Oh, that was a Hail Mary for us," you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I remember Doug Flutie uh, that specifically that pass. Uh, that won the game, and everybody referred to it as a Hail Mary. That's my first memory of somebody using right. the term Hail Mary. But that was when he was playing for Boston College, not as yeah. a pro. And uh, But I don't remember prior. I don't remember growing <laughs> yeah, up with that term. look
2: that up. I bet, I bet someone will find it. And it, does, it speaks to something, though, right? It speaks to a culture that once upon a time was uh, a Christian culture.
1: Yeah, and I, I would love to... The, to know the backstory, if if that if somebody pulled that out of thin air or where I mean I'm going to research that I'll let I'll let you know. Let
2: me know. Yeah, I'd love to know that. Yep, It would be awesome.
1: Yeah, and maybe by the next time we speak, we'll have 25 mysteries. Who knows?
2: <laughs> you never know. And
1: then see that'll you'll have to make a whole other series.
2: They they might. I have I have I have dreamed about that one time, and I never got around to doing it, but. Uh, once upon a time, there was a, a family member of mine who was very, very sick, and I prayed a rosary. Um, I put together a rosary and sent it to a few people of just um, miracles, of healing that took place in the gospel. Mm-hmm. You think about all the occasions of that, and I was, you know, you could definitely um, pray in that way, meditating upon a particular miracle that, that took place in the gospel, you know, the healing sure. of Lazarus or, you know. Bartimaeus, and, and so on and so forth, and just gosh, I was compassionate. I want heals. and so we can we can contemplate any of the mysteries of Christ yeah. and ask our Lady for her prayers to intercede on our behalf in that way.
1: So, of all your experiences doing this in the in the Holy Land, was there one that just really stuck with you? One that was most profound? One that was maybe different than what you expected?
2: Yeah, this is going to sound different than probably what you expected to do as well, because I went in expecting, okay, I'm going to go to the Holy Land. It's just it's the holiest place on earth, and so most likely I'm just going to be in deep prayer, probably levitating, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) very much romanticize what it would be like. And to my surprise, inside the walls of Jerusalem, I felt a fair amount of tension, and I specifically felt Our Lady's tension. Hmm. and I couldn't wrap my mind around it I and mean, then very specifically at the Western Wall the Wailing Wall uh, where to this day there's still a fair amount of turmoil and t- tension between right. specifically the Jews and, and, and the Muslims so I couldn't wrap my mind around why I was feeling this until I got back and it began to more and more become unveiled to me that you know, six of Our ladies, Seven Sorrows Our has
1: Seven Sorrows um, they took place in Jerusalem, hmm.
2: right? Not in Nazareth, not in Bethlehem, in Jerusalem. So this was a place for her. Um, she's human, right? <laughs> she has human emotions and human feelings, and so she would have very much felt the tension. This is a place where, you know, Simeon tells her her heart's going to be pierced by a sword.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This is where she lost Christ, the Christ child. This is where he went into his agony and his death and was crucified. Um, And the one sorrow that she didn't experience there came forth from there. The flight to Egypt, they had to leave because of the political corruption and power that Herod was going to, you know, the massacre of the innocents. And so they fled because of Jerusalem, the power within Jerusalem. And so it was wild. Um, I wasn't expecting to feel that. And I think still to this day, um, with all the tension there, our Lady is our spiritual mother, and I think a mother's heart breaks for her children. Yep. So it's not in a way that she's looking down, you know, trying to chastise or something like that. It's more like, I think she weeps over us.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: As our Lord wept over Jerusalem, I felt that as well, and I could sense her sorrow. Um, that this is a place where He won our salvation. Her son triumphed over sin, sin, and death, and offers us so much He offers us this freedom. He offers us joy. And yet, we choose to still be in bondage through sin. And gosh, I think that's a deep sorrow for Our Lady to this day. Um, It's hard to wrap your mind around, but I I felt it in my bones. Um, It was was quite an experience that I'm I'm still processing. Wow. So she's a joyful, but she's also...
1: I'll let it Yeah, indeed. Mark Hartfield, uh, Vice President of Paradisus Dei, uh, thanks so much for, for putting together this series. And I know you didn't do it alone, and you're, you're very generous in crediting everybody, but um, uh, this, uh, we just really appreciate your time. I hope you will not be a stranger to this program. We would love to hear more from you.
2: Thank you for having me on yep check it out at the
1: rosary series.com. very good god bless god
2: bless you thank you so much thank really you appreciate
1: it. I appreciate it too thanks mark that's uh mark hartfield vice president of paradisa state again uh to to learn all about this and it's really really profound stuff really great stuff the rosary series.com. that's all you got to do uh, um the rosary series.com A a, a wonderful series uh, uh, here during the Lenten season. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items, 4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour.
2: Hi, this is Brian Visitation, Director of Media and Communications for the Diocese of Sacramento. You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thanks for that wonderful
1: introduction, Brian. And thanks for all you do here. We're pleased to welcome in Jennifer Campbell. Jennifer. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Good to have you face to face.
3: Yes, totally. We've
1: got we're let's see, we're in Lent now, so you you must you know, you you put you put together all this stuff for Camp Pendola. Yeah. And I know it's one of your many hats that you wear. Yes. But it's a big one. It is. And I gotta figure as the seasons move along, you you feel the vice tightening. Oh, it's in, <laughs> it's in you know it's Christmas. Well, camp's six months away now. It's now it's Lent. Oh, co-
3: yeah. No, I can. Camp's getting closer. <laughs> Camp is getting closer. <laughs> I, I can, have All these things I need to do. I can feel it uh, tightening, and then you know when we get these crazy weather that comes in oh, and yeah. this, the last few years spring has just been like oh let's just have winter part two yeah. so <laughs> it just those kind of things all make it it's a little to, challenging. I
1: imagine being at camp and it, it is you know Campanola it, it's high enough up that it's, it's usually not like a real hot day but it gets warm. It does yeah. It's just hard to imagine I know the other morning I got up and right around sunrise and it was like oh, man, <laughs> it was so cold. It and I'm, I'm so going, cold. wow. And, and and then I remembered that uh, last September, which is only a few months ago, it was 117. And oh, going, I forgot
3: about that, yeah. yeah.
1: And it was in September, no less. It wasn't in yeah. July. And I'm going, how is that possible?
3: I, I don't know. <laughs> but I just wish that Mother Nature would... Figure it out and help us, you know, keep four separate seasons. I think it's
1: why the people move to the equator. It's just kind of the same year round, you know. It's like all
3: those people that move to San Diego. Or
1: San Diego. It's just
3: lovely all year round. Maybe a little humid, but like, you know, it's okay. It's still San Diego, right? (laughs) Yeah, so we're just, it's as these, you know this comes in and we're getting close Lent starts and it's getting much closer yeah. now is when i start having not having to i get Panic to attacks. well <laughs> maybe you, you <laughs> we don't talk it. about that um <laughs> but but now is when we start getting ready for you know school visits and which is one of my favorite parts of my
1: you go job out to talk about camp Pondola i go to schools. talk
3: to yeah i go talk about camp to all of the fun. elementary schools it's so fun um, especially with the younger kids because they maybe have never heard of camp before or they'll tell me stories about how their older sibling went to camp. Um, yeah, have to constantly go, is that a story or a question, mm-hmm, sir? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A five-minute question. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> the question that, that starts is a story. So, you know, we do we do those school visits. So that's something we get to do and we usually start those around Lent. So mm-hmm. it's something that's coming up and and getting them all scheduled and, and I'm really excited we bring... Uh, a camp pendola gift to all the kids mm-hmm. in the past has been like stickers. We're doing a keychain this year, so wow, I'm really excited to like see if the kids like them. I'm always like, I don't know if they're gonna like it or not, but I think it's fun. So, you have
1: to sneak into the back of the classroom and get a keychain. I I can,
3: yeah. I can maybe sneak you one. I you order I? a few extras, yeah, okay. All right. Um, but yeah, so we're getting ready for that and advertising in schools and at parishes. So, some Sundays you might see me at your parish. Um, I do set up a table. um, Usually giving away candy because it's Sunday, even if it's during Lent. Yeah, it's Sunday. It's Sunday, it's okay. It's okay. Um, so so we do a lot. I do a lot of school visits, and really, this is our kind of our big advertising boom time, um, but also recruiting staff time. So getting all those things, ducks in rows and such. How much? How much staff
1: total do you have?
3: Um, my goal is to have twenty staff.
1: That includes every counselor. That counselors, includes coaches.
3: counselors, kitchen staff, um, program staff. Um, it does not include myself in that number, but it includes everybody else. So, yeah, my goal is to have twenty. So, and last year we did it with twelve, and it was and how many a struggle bus.
1: <laughs> how many people are holdovers from the previous year? Usually, um, one. I'm looking at her. Me,
3: yeah. Um, my, you know, like I really hope we get, you know. to stay at least. Um, It's awesome if we can have, you know, 50 to 60% of the staff stay. Um, But just the natural progression of life as a young adult and in college, like my expectation of them to come back every summer can't really be there because crazy opportunities come into their, their hands. And I don't like the staff that I've worked with. I care about them and I want them to have those experiences. So,
1: so, that happens. You don't too. have any permanent staff, though.
3: We we don't. We did just. Um, we're in the process of hiring a an assistant director um, who will be permanent year round, which is something oh. um, brand new. So I'm really excited. Um, and once we get that person hired, um, we'll come on the radio. So we'll come oh, in. I'll come good. and introduce them very to you. Good.
1: Is that is that just because you're growing?
3: It's because we're growing. It's because. My responsibilities, like as you mentioned, I wear a lot of it's hats. More, it's more than just Camp. Pandola, it's much for more sure. than just Camp Pandola. and so from like the workload that that we have to to do for camp and for all those other activities, having another person was needed well that's great news (laughs) um i'm really happy about it um i think it'll be help with some consistency and and really keeping camp traditions like that's that's part of the reason like the goal is that like all of the staff come back but i just know realistically it's not because there's camp traditions that you know you know this one person knows this one song really well and like when they're gone it's like it feels weird to listen to to sing that song.
1: You're reinventing the wheel. Yeah, and yeah. or
3: trying to get someone to learn it. So you know we do try to really keep that continuity in that way.
1: So do you have medical staff?
3: We do. Um, so we have one person who is our health center manager um it's a nurse she's a nursing student this year and she's coming back it's gonna be her second summer miss elizabeth um who you (laughs) she used to be one of my youth group kids when i worked at a parish so i've known her for a long time and she's coming back she's a nursing student um so she directs that and makes sure everything is organized and then we are in contact with a nurse daily Mm -hmm. that can just be an advice nurse um offer suggestions and then if there's something we need more help with we'll Talk to her about it. Because kids have a lot of meds and different things and you know, sometimes well, we just like, need like advice. Kids
1: show up with meds. <laughs> they do. Yeah.
3: A lot yeah. of kids show up with, with meds and have different health concerns and we want to be able to address them the best way that we can. So yeah. that's why we, we really work with medical professionals. Um and even, you know, making sure that the, the local EMTs know where we're mm-hmm. we're at and mm-hmm. that we're we're here and we're having camp and just in case that we need to call them, which um, you know, it's a rarity, of course, but it's good for them to know and for oh, us it to have peace that, of mind
1: for the parents mm-hmm, too. For sure,
3: for sure, we gotta we have to make sure that you know the local Camptonville Fire Department knows where we're at and all that good stuff. And it's it's kind of nice because the the um the chief of the Camptonville Fire Department, her husband owns the. <laughs> the um the local store in town like mm-hmm. the little market so if ever i need anything i just i can call him if i'll fall else fail if i can't get hold of her i'm like hey can you help us out yeah <laughs> what's going on
1: can you bring a few loaves of bread while you're at yeah, it? yeah.
3: <laughs> can you can you help me out he, and he's they're great so it's something that it's nice having such a history in that area is that the, like, people who've been there for a long time. There's a lot of newer people moving into the foothills, of course. Sure there are. Yeah. Um, always, right? You know, people are moving. But, like, some of the, the neighbors that we've known for a long time, it's just nice to have them have them know we're there. And they're excited that we were back. So.
1: And this camp has been going on over 60 years now.
3: Over 60 years, yeah. Um, and we're going strong like we're doing some improvements this year we've been doing some improvements that will make the camp experience for staff and campers better we hope um that's the intention anyway and um trying to you know to like make it this this it's a really magical place um it's somewhere that people love talking about Pendola, mm-hmm. like you talk to somebody who went there as a kid or a former staff member and um you know, yeah, they remember the like weird, funny, gross stories that maybe happened with like, you know, having to go to the bathroom in the woods and all that. But like at the end of it, like it's always like, but it's where I felt the most me or it's where I felt accepted. And that's like, what more can we ask for than offering this place for kids and for young adults who were the staff to have a place where they feel completely accepted and, Mm -hmm. um, Seen as the and seen like how many people in our world today don't feel seen? Do you get kids from all over the diocese? We do. I mean, in a, any given week, we'll have like a kid from Solano di- Deanery, a kid from um, like Redding, and maybe somebody, and a lot of kids from like Greater Sacramento area, Roseville, rockland too. But
1: any from out of the diocese? I mean, we're not that far from the diocese of Stockton, for sure. Um, really. and- you know.
3: I've had some staff from the Diocese of Stockton mm-hmm. and we've had some campers from the Diocese of Reno because
1: mm-hmm.
3: it's not too, it's not much farther of a drive no, no, it is not from, from Reno, Reno yeah. to camp than it is from like Sacramento. Right. So, yeah, what do- so,
1: so what are you looking for now in terms of, in terms of staff?
3: I am looking for counselors, um, both girls and boys, mostly boys. Uh, <laughs> so we're looking for counselors and we We've got the kitchen manager locked in, um, working to get the some of my program staff locked. Um, they've I've got their applications already. I'm just waiting to to. So what kind of program
1: staff do you have if they're not counselors?
3: So they're not counselors, um, and they're just program staff. They're the people that are working in camp the entire time, making sure all the activities are set up. So an arts and crafts person, um, somebody in charge of archery, and um, somebody in charge of our trips and our team programming. And then um, somebody in charge of all of our, like, outdoor living skills and, like, our overnights. Um, And so then overseeing that team of specialists, we have a program director. And they make sure that every cabin gets to do a plethora of activities Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that um, every cabin, you know, has a certain number of arts and crafts. Every cabin gets to learn how to, like, build a fire. Every cabin... Has the opportunity to go to archery, because um, there's certain activities we want every cabin to do. Some of the activities, like this cabin, maybe gets to do this craft, and a different cabin gets to do another craft. Um, that's, you know, just how it rolls. But <laughs> um, we try to make sure there's certain benchmark activities that we want everyone to have an opportunity at.
1: And how how far into the hiring process are you? Um, I don't want to cause you any stress.
3: I'm like. A fourth of the way there. I've got most of the leadership locked in. It's the the actual. What's counsel- the hardest one to get? Male counselors. Really? Yeah. And that's across the like board for um for camps in general. Like, um, a few beginning of February, I guess. Now was a while ago. Who feels like yesterday and a million years ago. Um, I was at the Catholic Camp Summit, so it's it was a great opportunity. Could barely breathe because I was in Estes Park, which the it's really high up there. Yeah. Um, but that was one, of, like, everyone was talking about. Like, most of the other directors are men, but they're struggling just as much as I am to get male counselors.
1: And you're talking basically college age, pretty much.
3: College age guys, yeah, to come up and work at camp. I think some of it is just that um, anything where it's caregiving – seems people think it's more of a girl job Mm -hmm. (laughs) um for lack of another way to say that maybe um and it it couldn't be farther from the truth like the the guys are needed so much more um like we need we have a bunch of boys that come up to camp they need Mm -hmm. a counselor who's like you know there and um and we need the girls we need the girls the same way but for some reason we can get you know Women to apply and men are less likely to. So we've just got to keep chugging along. <laughs> I know,
1: I, I, I'm unrelated, but, but it, it just, one. my oldest daughter was in uh, the jazz choir in high school and they did kind of show tunes and stuff. Yeah. And it was song and dance, you know, and yeah. it was, uh, It they were just so good to watch, you know. I, I said, it's the only thing my kids have ever, you know, they're in school plays and things that I, that I would go pay money to see, even if my kid wasn't in it, they yeah. were that, they were just that good. They were so, in, and there were six girls and six boys, you know, and they wore, you know, fancy yeah, sequin yeah. costumes and all that stuff. And every girl in the high school wanted to be in that yeah. choir. And they had to go out on the baseball field and pull pull guys in by the ears and say, Can you sing? Can you dance? If you can't we'll teach you. Right. And the boys just didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. You know, but they needed an equal number. Right. You know? And
3: that's I mean that's yeah, that's exactly the struggle. And so, you know, we're just we'll keep we just keep trying and <laughs> um I think, you know, we'll f- it'll it always works out like Deacon Kevin always gives me a hard time because I'll stress about it. But he's like, it's always going to work out. And and it always does. It always has. It always has. uh, You haven't
1: been there all 60, but. God, uh, no. Um. (laughs) But it's always worked
3: out. It has always worked out. So I do have to remind myself that. And even like last year, I mean, I, it was, I wasn't sure that we were going to be able to run because we were so short staffed and by the grace of God, we were able to run and we were able to find enough guys and guys that could come up for a week or come up for two weeks or help us out here and there that had been former staff. Um, and Bishop, you know, assigning an extra seminarian to us because of I just had no guy staff. Um, and we were able to make it work. And that's not the best scenario for like sure. the, the mental health of all of the staff because they're you know we're just like reteaching somebody every week, but sure. um you know we do what we have to do to make it fun for the kids. You'd prefer to
1: have them for the whole. I'd
3: prefer whole, to have them for the whole, whole, whole summer. Session. Sure. Yeah, we prefer to have them for the whole summer, but you know we know that's not always possible, and we'll have you know we called them guest stars last year. I think I'm going to do it again because it was kind of fun. Um, but we'll have guest stars that come in, former staff that can come in for a week and yes, I'll take them. Please, please come and help us. No, I'm still paying them. Even if they're just coming for a week or two, I'm still paying them because it's so important that we have enough people. Um, and having like a returning staff member who just comes for a week kind of allows the newer staff members to have some breathing room, um, for lack of a better way to say that. And just to feel like, okay, like they survived their summer. I can do this. Like, Cause it, it's hard. Like I'm not gonna lie, working at camp is fun, but it's hard.
1: Oh sure. Oh, and you're you're basically always on duty. I mean,
3: you you kind of are. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely breaks in there, and we're trying to find ways to give people a few more breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're always. But
1: the way you've described it to me, um, you actually get what from from. Friday afternoon or Friday evening?
3: Friday evening through Sunday at noon. Yeah, off. That's,
1: you know, that, you know, it's like you think, oh, I'm going to, for the next six weeks, I'm going to be seven days a week at a camp. And right. even if it's your day off, you're still at the camp or something. No, you could, I mean, if, if most of your counselors are coming from the valley, it's an yeah. hour and a half, two hours away. And you get home on Friday evening, you're college, maybe college age, you can, Hang out with your friends, you got all day Saturday and then you get back in your car and come back on Sunday morning.
3: Exactly. That's I mean, that's exactly and what staff does. You can go do. to mass
1: after you get back.
3: You can go to mass when you get back on Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we'll suggest if you're working in the kitchen that you go to mass before you come. Before, yeah. Just because dinner prep and mass are almost simultaneous. Yeah. But again the Lord's Supper. It, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but again, we do, you know, it's it's just it's a lot it's a lot of work, but it's like the end result is having these campers that will just look up to you for forever yep. like yep. they do and it's and not that like we do it for that that glory of like these kids like think we're cool because they never think we're cool um <laughs> let's be real but that like we've had an impact on this kid's life and maybe it's a small way and maybe we'll never see the fruit of that but to know that like because we were kind to them, because we smiled at them, because we asked them how their, like, basketball game went last week, and they're like, how do you know I play basketball? Like, but because we, like, make that effort, you know? You
1: know wouldn't it be fun to be able to do some kind of demographic on all the people who have gone through Camp Pendola, who mean, they are not just the, the one exception
3: that, you know, is now a U.S. senator or something, but, you know, I mean, but... but it would be awesome to be able to try to do something like that, and I think... You know,
1: I'm sure there's got to be some so way. many cases there's been such a positive influence on them, they might not even cite it as right, uh, and 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 yet it was
3: well. And it wasn't, and I think there's also, I mean, we've really worked, um, in the since I started to really like keep that Catholic identity in there and really yeah. reinforce it, um, in different ways. And I think that's really helped and that, I mean, it's not, we're I'm not, again, I'm never saying that like, if you're not Catholic, like you can't come to camp because camp is open to everybody and we want everyone to enjoy the experience and like you can find God in nature and, and in camp. What? Yeah, that's, but to see young adults who like are really great captains, cabin counselors and really great counselors with their kids and happen to be catholic is so important because i think sometimes um kids just see like everyone being like super holy you know what i mean and i think and so like at camp you're seeing the holiness but in like little things Mm -hmm. like we practice servant leadership in like such a unique way at camp it's not like some like everyone takes a servant leadership class and we use the word servant leader all the time. We don't do any of that. Sure. But at dinner, we've, we eat family style and your counselor serves your first plate mm-hmm. and everyone gets their serving and then we eat. Right. And right. that is servant leadership sure. at like its core of like this counselor is there for the whole table right. and for them to. Re- and they may never even recognize that. But it's something that, like, we intentionally do. And in our staff, we call it servant leadership. But, like, I'm not, again, I'm not, like, holding a big sign to the campers, like, hey, you just learned what servant leadership is. Because that's not something they're going (laughs) to know about. (laughs) Oopsies. Well. Well. Well, it happens.
1: Yes, it happens. It proves that we're live radio. That's right. It does. It
3: does prove that. Yeah. So, that I mean, was
1: somebody calling you. No, they weren't calling you. They were no. calling me saying, How do I get to be a cancer? A, a cancer. Yes.
3: Hopefully. <laughs> well, we can. That's easy. You just go to our website, which is SC, wait, no, org forward slash employment. Um, you can learn about all the positions that we have available this summer. Um, if you just go to Pandola.org, you can learn about all the different weeks of camp we have. We've got teen weeks. We've got themed weeks. We have five full weeks of camp this year. So really excited. It's going to be a fun summer.
1: Very good. org. Yeah. Jennifer, always, always great to see you. Good Thanks to see you Thanks for too, all Bob. the great work you do. Thank you. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. And what a wonderful treasure... Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights give them a call 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley and Associates a private wealth advisory practice of America Pro- Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. And we uh, are are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates.
0: Well, here I am in a river of questions. Can I pour my heart out? Were listening but well, I see this life it's valleys and mountains and I think of all the roads that brought me here oh, all that brought me here Walking down walking down the road Well I've questioned my reasons this life I'm living I question my ability judge wrong from right well i questioned all the things i've ever called certain my race my religion my country my mind but the one thing i don't question is you you really love me like you say you